Baltimore Sports Now podcast covering both sides of the Hudson. I'm Steve Titchener in our Jersey studio. And on the line, we have Matt Lachlan and John McAlevey. And a lot of uh, stories to cover today. Uh, Miles Powell adds uh, another trophy to the mantle. We'll talk about that. Some some key big men are moving on in the Big Ten. So power shifting possibilities there. And that's uh, significant to Rutgers, of course. And then uh, also we'll start speculating on when these sports leagues will come back. It's time to start thinking about uh, when uh, when these leagues will uh, get and go. And then we, we could certainly uh, we could certainly try our best to guess that, of course. Let's start with Miles Powell and uh, listen, uh, he wins the Jerry West Award for the best shooting guard in the country. So he adds that to the mantle. Uh, and uh, that's a pretty big award because Jerry West was uh, was one hell of a player. And that's uh, that's a nice uh, trophy for uh, Miles, huh, Matt? Oh, it's terrific. And, you know, when one of the greatest players ever is the one, not only for whom it is named, but the one who uh, mentions and hands it out, that's incredible. Um, you know, as, as Jerry West said, he, he didn't pass up the big shot. He made a ton of critical jumpers. Uh, down the stretch of games. And so uh, congratulations to Miles. Uh, There's a lot that might still come his way, but they continue to put uh, more awards on his mantle. And I think that uh, I think it's well-deserved. Absolutely. But what it does is it just further underscores what would have been and what we all would have wanted to see as we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, last night would have been the NCAA championship game. And so who One knows? Seton Hall. Yeah, exactly. One Seton Hall edging Providence, right? Or edging Rutgers. <laughs> oh my gosh. What would have been, what could have been, I don't know whether you guys saw this and, and not to get off topic because we'll get back on to uh, miles Powell in a minute, but I read last night where Bob Huggins proposed that when this is all said and done, that they should play this March Madness that would have just gone on at the beginning of next year's college basketball <laughs> season. He wanted to start that in October to play March Madness. And then when it was over, you know, have all the seniors and everybody back to let them get their glory. And uh, that would be uh, a crazy thing. I don't know how they could do it, but just, I saw that yesterday, but yeah, another, another great uh, uh, thing on the mantle for miles Powell, terrific career. And um, you see to fill his, Fill his slot. I know that the transfer portal is alive and well. Steve, you mentioned it, big men in the Big Ten. But I see that Seton Hall is involved with a ton of not only big guys, but also guards, uh, shooting guards, people to try and step into those minutes that Miles leaves behind. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a fitting end of the season for him and uh, all due to him. And then also, you know, and I've mentioned this before, we go back to um, the the position because – is Miles Powell, can he be a natural point guard, which you would think would give him better chances in the NBA rather than a, a rather short shooting guard? Um, no, he's and, not a point guard. Yeah, he's not a big guy, and he, 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 is, he shoots the lights out. So is he, is he that type of player that, uh, you know, again, when you're thinking of a shooting guard, is he the prototypical shooting guard in the NBA, I'm saying? Um, and, yes. and, and then they're just talking about Kim going to the next level. As I said last week, there's nothing guaranteed about the NBA to him um, because of his size. The shot is very good. It's not great. And I think uh, he's not guaranteed at all to be a first round pick. 
I think he'll get a shot. Um, so I think there are some questions, but this is about this year and being the best shooter in college basketball. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we get caught up too often in, Oh, how it's not important. Now it's important about uh, how it projects. And, and I think that we do players a disservice when we do that. There's nothing wrong with being a great college player. If a pro career doesn't develop, he'll have plenty of things to look back on fondly. So, you know, we'll see what next year holds or what the draft will hold. But I, I think for this year, mm-hmm. you know, the award, the awards deserve yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And I know I just want a clarification. You guys probably watch him more than I do. And I just uh, you were you guys were both definite about him being someone who can't bring the ball up in the yeah, NBA. No, and I just no, thought that not, there's, there's a possibility a that he could guard. do that. He didn't have to play mm-hmm. in college. And, um, the best thing with him is that he gets somewhere with a good point guard that can set him up on the wing where he can, he can drill, a uh, drill long deep mm-hmm. jump shots, which is, which is what the NBA has become. It's become a three point league. As we've talked about in the past, the other thing is defensively, he wouldn't be able to guard, you know, the NBA's dynamic point guards, and even shooting guards in the NBA, a lot of them are, are larger, six, seven, six, eight, you know, guys playing the, the two position in the NBA with mm-hmm. the world's greatest athletes. So mm-hmm. while he'll have that skill that he can tickle the twine offensively, I think his biggest, you know, bugaboo will be who is he going to defend at the next level? And um, yeah. that will, remains to be seen. Well, that's the fun now. I mean, you, now you're going to speculate, speculate as these as these awards start to, uh, you know, collect on his mantle. And because he was a great college player is just what he will be in the pros. And that's the speculation now to see where where he would go. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. And then if you look at, uh, you know, uh, uh, going away from Seton Hall, and uh, this is significant to Rutgers, but two big men in the uh, Big Ten just announced that they are, now they don't have agents yet, so it's not definite yet, but Jalen Smith from Maryland and Coffee Cockburn from Illinois both declared for the draft. So those are two big men that if they leave, that's a that's a, that's a hole in both those programs in Maryland and Illinois who had excellent seasons in, in the Big yeah, Ten. And, and Steve, I don't know whether you noticed, but just yesterday, Matt Harms from Purdue has entered his name into okay. the transfer portal. So he oh. will be leaving the big 10 as well. So there's, there's a lot of room for, for big people, which now, you know, with, with Rutgers bringing in, uh, and their big guy, Cliff Omarui, mm-hmm. you know, he could step right in there and miles Johnson and, you know, miles Johnson is now one of the better veteran big man in yes. the entire conference. Yeah. So and there, and Rutgers uh, is, you know, some holes in the middle there. Rutgers losing only two seniors and having, you know, most of their players back are in a good position again to, to move up uh, next year. Of course, there's no guarantees as busy, as, as strong as the conference is. Uh, but, uh, you, you know, it's like, you know, you get this, you know, now you got Cliff Omarui and you got to see how he develops. And that's a situation where if he's just an a- out of sorts athlete, you know, he was good, you know, it, you know, it's these please players want to move on when they feel that they got a chance. And, you know, Coffee Car- Cockburn said it's been his lifelong dream. So if people are saying, hey, uh, you know, if he can get drafted in those first two rounds, why not go now and give it a shot? And then a lot of people, a lot of uh, young players have that mindset. Uh, now, but of course, you know, Matt, it leaves a hole in the program, right? Oh, you know, for sure. I, I, again, I, I don't know about Coburn at all, whether or not he can make it or not. Remember only guaranteed contracts go to first round right. draft picks. Mm-hmm. Not and, a lot. Yeah. 
And there's no guarantee, too, because they still have to get an agent. They have to hire an agent and all that. And so those things still have to go on. So you hear about people coming back when, they, when they're told, hey, listen, you really have a shot right now. And it's not really a good idea to, to hire an agent. Uh, but, you know, again, in the off seasons now, it's a lot more now than back, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, guys, when you didn't, there just wasn't as much movement. There wasn't this transfer portal, and then there wasn't it's so many players. Well, there was always players that wanted to get out early. We know that. But there's a lot that, that, uh, that, that want to move on and even will take a gamble if they think they're going to be maybe like a late second round or something. They, they want it that bad. Well, as you we said last time? week, that's their choice. Yeah. 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 Some guys, and the grass is always greener, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of guys want to force the issue. Some guys just don't like college. They don't want to do the whole college studying and, and class. Not that maybe many of these factories, who knows whether that's a priority in the first place. But, um, you know, the money is going to be there for those first round picks. And so oftentimes it's it's too good for them to pass mm-hmm. up. And, uh, and they make those decisions. And, you know, you live with them, whether whether that means you have a long, prosperous NBA career or if you go overseas, there's good money to make overseas. And so um, it just becomes an individual decision. And as you mentioned, none of them have signed with an agent yet. So they still have that opportunity to pull their name back. That's right. They have an advisor, but they haven't signed a contract. I mean, it's such, right. it's, it's such a, a ridiculous situation. Like, why can't they hire an agent? I mean, I... Honestly, for basketball and for football, can't we just be honest? The NCAA, this this is a factory that produces players or attempts to to the next level. Hardly any of them get there. And so you sell a dream, unfortunately, for a lot of these kids that really doesn't exist. But, I mean, what are we we doing here? Like, a lot of these kids, you know, if these kids want to go, let them go. If they want to explore, like, you know, the the example is used, but – if you're a musician at Rutgers on a scholarship, what you 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 can't talk to Carnegie Hall, right? Like you, yeah. like what, what's going on here? You can't play for the Rutgers band and play at a you know an off Broadway musical and get paid for it. Of course yeah. you can. Now we know why. We know that the people who run college athletics are corrupt, and so they'll just figure out a way to pay more than the next guy. And so it just ups the ante. But why don't we get to the, why don't we just acknowledge that they're development leagues? That's it. And, and stop with the charade that they're all there to get a degree. If they do great, but, but know, here's, here's my problem there for other reasons. Well, I mean, and I, you know, my problem is a selfish problem. I like, I like college basketball more than the NBA and I hate to see these programs you know, lose this key player. Uh, I, you know, it's his right. It, it's the player's right, and I understand. It. And then, and with the money that is in the NBA, it's like who, who wouldn't if you have a chance to go for that? I totally understand it. But then, you look like look at Cockburn at, at Illinois, man. I mean, he's he's a freshman, and my goodness, he was uh, a dominant player. He was just going to be unstoppable for the Illini. And now him, so you know, why shouldn't he be allowed to yeah, pursue he it? He should. He should. It's just a boy, man. You know, it's it's a once. You know, it's these are once in a lifetime players. You know, so yeah. I mean, just like Zion, man. I mean, just incredible athletes. Like, let him go. But you know, the Dukes get that. The Dukes get in the Kentuckys. They get these players all the time. Does it? Does an Illinois get that player as much? You know, I'm, I'm just no. I listen. I'm. There's plenty of the Illini fans who are like, man. Boy, we were ready to roll here. Now, uh, it's not like they're 
they're, you know, they're finished, but you know, when you got a, a guy that can be just an absolute dominant big man on your roster, man, it's hard to see them go yeah. after and one, there's, there's after no one year. That he's definitely going to go. Yeah. He might not definitely go. I guess, you know, he hasn't signed with anybody yet, but I, I and Jalen Smith for that matter going. too at Maryland. Just to, just to jump back to Matt's point about the NCAA and how corrupt and, you know, that they're a, they're a minor league system. One of the one of the things that I miss the most because I laugh my rear end off during the NCAA tournament is when the games are over and they have the coaches and a couple of the star players sitting at the podium. The first thing is someone from the NCAA sits there and they say, "Okay, we're going to open up questions for the student athletes." I absolutely belly laugh. Uh, you know, look if they want to go get the riches, uh, go get the riches. But then when it hits home. And, and let me ask you, Matt, with, you know, Mahmoud if he decides, hey, I, you know, I want to test the waters. Do you feel that, don't you? You would because you think that he can be part of a good team next year. But the reality is that's his right. I mm-hmm. mean, that's just the way it goes. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not as uh, as caught up in that as others uh, mm-hmm. because the charade is is. It's just that it's a charade Mm -hmm. that, you know, these guys are there. Look, you know how many football players who are getting ready for the draft left school? Oh yeah. Like it looks good. Okay. I played through my senior year. Are any of them graduating? Right. You know, talk about, talk about these guys maybe playing last year. I'd ask Bob Huggins, Hey, how many of your guys with school shut down who are seniors that you've now stayed in contact with who are actually doing work to stay eligible. Like if we look at the reality, look, it's only for, for a number of them. It's not for everyone. I get that. There are a lot of players who graduate uh, each year having earned their degree uh, and it might've taken them longer, but that's okay. They're committed to a lot of time on the football or basketball football field or basketball court. But there are a number of guys who barely stay eligible who coaches recruit knowing they can't do the schoolwork and yet they somehow find their way in, you know, I, I'd be surprised. I'd be curious if Zion Williams, uh, Williamson last year went to school in the spring semester. Once Duke season was over, like, was he done? Likely. Like, <laughs> that's the reality right. of it. Right. Yeah. So mean- let, let's, to me, let's stop talking about this illusion. You know, mm-hmm. even back in the day, it wasn't all on the up and up. You know, uh, I just finished reading a story, a book about the CCNY team of the early 50s and the gambling uh, scandal that tore college basketball in New York apart. Uh, they were a team that had won both the NCAA championship and the NIT championship in the same year. Uh, and just read the story. I mean, you know, the, there were no show jobs back then. And they were complaining about Madison Square Garden being filled to the rafters and we don't get a nickel. And suddenly, you know, they could make 500 bucks by controlling the point spread. I'm, I'm not you know, advocating that, but like, when are we just going to acknowledge that it's not clean mm-hmm. and just call it what it is? You know, why, why should... Why should we sit there and stomp our feet and say, oh, that John Calipari ruins every program? Hey, 
if Kentucky wants them, if Louisville wants if Massachusetts wanted them, hey, if, if they're happy with that, go for it. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I like the old rah-rah college try. Yeah. And, you know, it, you know, the Jack Armstrong, all American boys, a great story, but it's, it's a facade. Yeah. And now Calipari, you know, coach K, those guys seem to be almost built for it. They just, they get the best, the best players out there. And so they, they move on. It's some of these other, but everybody has yeah. to do it to a degree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. And then, and the, and the uh, portal too. The, the transfer portal is all all part of this. It's, it, it, you know, you talk about uh, harms from uh, for Purdue, uh, John, and I. I didn't even know about that. That was yesterday, huh? I mean, that's uh, that's that's yeah. big news there. Yeah, he's going to he go. Put his name in the portal yesterday, and wow. so um, as you can imagine, seven foot three guys with his wingspan. Oh, he can help somebody. Don't grow on trees. No. So he's got upwards of about thirty teams that are oh, sure. you know that are on him already. But you know the the ones, the usuals. It's it's right now. I guess like the big three are Duke and Kentucky right. and Kansas. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to come down. He's going to go to a blue blood. He's not going to wind up, right. you know, in the Missouri Valley Conference or right. one of those places. Right. He'll, he'll. Um, but you know, you know him as a player. You've seen him being in the Big mm-hmm. Ten. He's mostly a defensive presence. I mean, you need you need that. He, he alters shots. He's a big like guy. Romaro Gill. Yeah. What he Romaro Gill did at Seton Hall. He does certainly brings that to the table, mm-hmm. but yeah. offensively, he's not going to score a lot around the basket. Right. So a lot of, a uh, lot of players on the move as, as, uh, as we're seeing, uh, you know, more and more every year. Uh, so let's, uh, let's move on to um, our sports leagues here. Uh, Matt, let's start with you. And can you tell us what's going on, you know, as a devil's, uh, a devil's announcer, uh, you're on the inside of, well, I don't say the inside of the NHL, but I'm sure, you know, uh, more, more than most of what, uh, the league's thinking and, uh, and, and what, uh, what is the latest, uh, with the NHL and their position? Well, like the NBA and like major league baseball, they're trying to figure it out. Now, the difference between the NHL and baseball is that in the devil's case, their season came to an end with nine games paused. I should say in the parlance of the NHL, their season was paused with nine games to go. Uh, whereas baseball hasn't started difference between the NHL and the NBA is that uh, we tend to play on ice. It generally makes the game a lot better and that's not going to be the easiest thing to maintain in the summertime, despite the fact that, you know, there's modern refrigeration techniques, et cetera, but the humidity plays havoc. Anyway, uh, the long and short of it is nobody knows. Uh, I think we all hope that at some point sports returns and we can cheer for our favorite teams. I know my wife is looking forward to me getting out of the house again and going <laughs> to work. Um, but whether or not that happens, you know, who knows? Uh, you know, I'm doubtful, uh, but I think that there will be pressure from the community at large, from the United States at large. It depends on what happens as the numbers grow across the country, you know, it may abate here in New Jersey because of what we're doing, but as it moves, as it has around the world, east to west, I don't know what it's going to be like in Denver or Chicago in the next couple of weeks. So Mm -hmm. can you play a game until it is not eradicated? Because I think, you know, Dr. Fauci has said it's not going to be eradicated. We're just going to flatten it and then be able to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Um, until until that happens, can you really play a game? And so 
you know, who knows? There's financial reasons to do it. There are big contracts that the networks want to pay off mm-hmm. on both the NBA and NHL side. Obviously, Major League Baseball wants to start collecting its dough. The players want to get paid. Uh, Devils and all NHL players uh, have been paid and uh, through the end of the season, uh, which, by the way, would have ended last Saturday. So um, until we really know what's going on with this disease, all these conversations are really mm-hmm. just speculative. So, and that's exactly what it was, in my opinion, over the weekend when the president gathered all the league yeah. presidents and commissioners together. I think you have to show hope. It can't be doom and gloom. I know he got hammered in some quarters when he said uh, the NFL, he hopes return yeah, he wants, sooner rather than later. Well, he's pushing I mean, for a September broad, start. And, you know, well, uh, but even, that's a broad, yeah. that, that's mm-hmm. a broad stroke, right? Mm-hmm. Like, sure, I hope we have it. You know what, Steve? I hope, I hope the Jersey Shore is open. Right now, the boardwalks are shut down. Yeah. I mean, I hope the boardwalks mm-hmm. are open. I don't know. The president doesn't know. But for, for him to stand up there and go, you know, I, I don't think we're going to do anything until 2021. He can't do that either. Yeah, right. So, hey, yeah. I hope it opens. But I'd love to see football back. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see hockey back in the next month or sure. so. I just don't know if it's going to happen for my league. Now, let's talk Let's talk golf here, because one of the things I thought of, and I, I know the PGA even was one of the, they were, they canceled everything, the, you know, the tournaments later than all the other leagues. And the mindset there is, well, because they, you know, they're pretty spread out, unlike, you know, the NFL, unlike the NHL, obviously, unlike basketball, where it's body on body, you don't have that in golf. So I thought that there'd be a possibility they, they can come back earlier or that they could have played in some way. They were talking about playing without galleries and stuff. But in, ter- in terms of social distancing, they, you know, the game is, is they, they don't want to be any, anywhere near each other when they're, pl- when they're, you know, lining up a shot, obviously. And uh, now you have the TV crew getting there. And so there's all sorts of other issues that are involved as well. Uh, but then you got the British Open that, that straight out canceled it. They just said, see, in 2021. Uh, I guess that's the, they thought that was the only way they could do it. But I, I like the fact that the Masters is at least trying, and they're they're trying. They they're, they they targeted uh, November 9th through the fifteenth to play the Masters, and I, I think that uh, you know the the fact that they're trying is. Listen, I, I love golf. You guys know I love golf. So, and especially the majors, it'd be great to you know at least keep a a few of the majors around if it's possible in the fall. I, I guess one of the big things, and I, I've heard this from my brother-in-law the uh, head golf pro at Fox hollow is, you know, for the, for the just normal golfer, the everyday golfer, the big concern was, you know, the golf carts and what, what, you know, being, keeping the golf carts clean and disinfected and people mm-hmm. sitting on all of that. But, you know, the PGA tour, those guys aren't sitting on golf carts. And mm-hmm. as you mentioned, maybe there wouldn't be any crowds that were there and they, you know, they could stand six feet away from each other while they're on the tees and, you know, it would be nice. I mean, we, we, as a people need something to take our minds off of body counts, which is all the national mainstream media wants to talk about. They lead every show with it. They don't tell you that, Oh, 600 people have gotten better and were released from the hospital. They've beaten this and they're home and they're doing better. They just want to tell you that the curve hasn't started and this is going to be death week and, and all of the, yeah. you know, they're burying bodies here and there and everywhere. We, we need something to take us away from that. It was almost like we're, I'm reminded of nine 11. And when, when baseball came back and, and people had something to, 
you know, not to be hiding under their bed for anymore. It would be, it would be nice. And I think golf might be the, the one that takes the lead and, and is most able to get back to some sort of normalcy. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if and when they do that. Matt, as a guy who plays a lot, I mean, do you feel like you can get out on the course? I mean, I know that actually, I think New York, there's still the courses are still open, like on Sunday or something like that. But uh, and then the courses in New Jersey have been closed. But, you know, again, because the, because there's significant distance and I, I, there, I guess there's ways to mitigate the risks. You talked about the carts and all that, John, which is a good point. But I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it would seem like golf would be able to get back it, it back in play earlier than some of these other leagues. Do you agree, Matt? I, I would love to play. Mm-hmm. I would love to play. But I see more and more people wearing masks as I go out and shop. So I just don't know that it's the right kind to do it. But there's a risk reward there, right? And you say to yourself, well, if you open up the golf and you make sure that we can only walk and you take away the flag so that I don't have to grab that and you know, on and on and on, you only take cash, you limit the risk. But I guess from a public health perspective or public policy perspective, you know, then the governor has to decide, well, then why don't I open up the, if I'm going to let people self police themselves on the golf course, then I guess I have to open up the boardwalks too, because people will just do it. So it's probably sure. easier just to. And, and oh, by the way, our, our governor uh, Murphy closed all the state uh, parks and that uh, we, we just went out on a trail today. We went to a, a park up in uh, long Valley and, and, and just, did a hike and there, you know, there's pretty good amount of people in the parking lot and, but you didn't see anybody on the trail. Um, we just wanted to get some fresh air and all that. And then we heard on the way back that he in fact had closed all those, uh, all those parking lots will be closed now when you, uh, you, you, you can't go on these trails and you can't go on in, in any state parks or anything like that. So, and I guess the idea there is that that people are going to these parks and it's starting to get crowded because they're looking for something to do. So, you know, back to golf, it's not like they're going to, I mean, they're going the other way here. And, and for a reason, let me say, you know, look, we, we, we don't want to be insensitive here. Like, Hey, where's our sports? I mean, because this, this is a, this is a tragedy what's happening, but New York, New Jersey hit very hard right out of the, uh, out of the jump with this, with this pandemic. Absolutely. Getting back to trying to get some levity and, and moving on from, from the doom and gloom. Uh, I don't know if you guys are Facebook people, but I, I've been on there and People are posting, you know, trying to move along and some funny things. And I saw there was there was a long list of, of things that were having to deal with quarantine. And uh, one of them I thought was particularly funny. It said, I hope the weather is good tomorrow for my trip to Porto Backyardo. I'm getting <laughs> tired of Los Living Rumos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, people, there's a whole list of all of these things that they're actually very funny and and, and, and But I think the moral of the story is that hopefully, hopefully, hopefully people that do not need to be out of their house right. are heeding the advice and are staying home. Those that need to be out, the first responders, doctors, nurses, healthcare workers, I tip my hat to them and I thank them from my knees, you know, what they're doing for all of us. But those yeah. that don't need to be out, please stay at home because hopefully, you know, I was mm. listening to some of the news yesterday, they're already maybe the projections of between 200 and 300,000 deaths. I heard that the model is now yesterday down to around 80,000. 
So they're, th- that first model, they think, was way off. And so mm-hmm. people are, are sticking to it and they're doing it and suck it up for a little bit longer. We'll all get through this. Oh, absolutely. And listen, there's an opportunity to catch up on stuff too, right? Like, uh, you know, my wife's out in the back building a new compost. Uh, I, I got her some pallets from down at the brewery. So she's out there building a compost. Uh, uh, and, and here I'm going to clean up this studio, guys. Next time you come in and see, you see the studio, when that happens, it's going to actually be clean because I'm getting all this clutter out of here. And so I'm actually got a little bit of time to do something. So you can catch up on some things, which is nice. I see you're doing some gardening, Matt across the street there? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, doing some gardening, doing some baking, um, doing a little dancing. Uh, Steve, you weren't around for I it, but we that. had a little neighborhood dance oh, I, session. I, I, I saw some video for sure. Yeah, uh, the Devils put something out on their website and on their Twitter. So if anyone wants to get a good laugh, you can see I'm, yours truly oh, dancing to Gloria Gaynor uh-huh. uh, in the, a big circle, but we were all, I don't know, eight to 10 feet apart. So we were observing the current rules and we're having some fun. (laughs) I saw Miles Wood had something to do. Outstanding. Uh, (laughs) That's funny stuff. And remember, nobody puts baby in a corner, Matt. (laughs) That's right, brother. You know that. Yeah. If you go back to the dirty dancing. (laughs) Well, as I said, when they posted, I said there was a fever involved, but it wasn't Saturday night. fever. Uh, I saw that. (laughs) Nor was it dancing. Uh, Nor was it dancing fever. Uh, well, folks, we stuff. will we will continue to be your distraction. We're just going to, uh, you know, do the potluck and just talk about what's going on there uh, locally and even nationally in, in the sports world. And uh, we're going to do this uh, at least once a week. And, you know, we may even get to, to a weekend, guys. I mean, we've been talking about that. So we'll certainly uh, we'll certainly do that. Check out our site. It's more sports now. Dot com and uh, we have this uh, this more sports now podcast. We also have a family of podcasts that we will roll out once our sports leagues start. You know we've got a uh, we've got a baseball podcast and we've got our football podcast. And then of course when we get into the fall, we got the RU review, and then we'll get into basketball with uh, with the uh, Jersey hardwood too. So all those things are going to happen. It's going to ha- happen for sure. Uh, we're going to get to the other side of this, but in the meantime. Uh, we'll keep doing this, guys. Will you guys just call in? I'm I'm a little lonely, I'll say, in my studio here, but uh, you guys can just call in and we'll have some fun talking about whatever sports we can talk about. How's that sound? That sounds good to me. And and not to get corny, but I look forward to when we can all congregate and give you guys a big group hug. We can <laughs> get through all of this stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's moresportsnow.com. It's Steve, it's Matt, it's John, and we'll catch you all very soon with plenty more sports talk. Bye-bye.